What's up, everybody? You're listening to the newest 10 After 7 podcast with your host, Michael Cody Stevenson. I'm recording this on Tuesday, September 4th, 2018, and I hope your Labor Day weekend was as fantastic as mine. College football is officially back. On Saturday, we had our first full slate of college football games. You had Auburn first Washington, two ranked teams. Alabama first Louisville. Who was Nick Saban going to start at quarterback? You had Michigan first Notre Dame. Jim Harbaugh, Brian Kelly, whose seat was hotter going into that one? And on Thursday, the NFL is back. Nick Foles will start for the Philadelphia Eagles, the defending champs against the Atlanta Falcons. And we'll roll right into Sunday with a full slate there. And if you're a baseball fan, the National League West is heating up. Dodgers, Diamondbacks, and Rockies playing a good old-fashioned game of leapfrog. And as we sit here today, it's the Rockies who hold a half-game lead over the Dodgers for first place in the National League West. So I'm bringing on my brother Dylan Stevenson to break it all down. We'll talk mostly football, but we got to talk about our Dodgers first. Dylan Stevenson's coming up next. Hello, Dylan Henry Stevenson. What's up, man? How you doing? All right. How you doing? I'm doing good. What's the update on the Dodgers? Give us that right away. Uh, bottom of the ninth, no outs. Josh Fields just freaking basically loaded up the bases, and they pulled him. So, can we get can we get a score? Eleven four Dodgers in the bottom of the ninth. Or top eleven to four top, Dodgers over the, the Mets. Ninth. Before we before we get all into football on this podcast, last week I had you on. Dodgers were two and a half out in the National League West, had six games coming up that week, two against the Rangers, four against the Diamondbacks, who they were chasing. You said they'd win all six games. They ended up going five and one, and at the end of the weekend, the Dodgers were up in the National League West, top dogs once again. Finally, man, it's been a it's been a rough season so far, and it still is. Now the Rockies are leading. We're uh, half the game back, and the Diamondbacks are a uh, game and a half back. So it's all it's coming down to the wire, man. 23 it games is left. Every, every game is going to mean something from here on out. But that series against the Diamondbacks, we could talk about that real quick. Dodgers dropped the first one on the Thursday night, 3-1. to one. Come back Friday night, Justin Turner hits a go-ahead homer in the eighth inning, which ends up being the game-winning home run. You flip to the next night, Matt Kemp comes up in the eighth inning. He hits a go-ahead three-run homer, ends up winning the game. And then Sunday, the heroics continue. Matt Kemp hits a walk-off double, and that's when the Dodgers took over. So they kind of have the Diamondbacks number. We know that. At the end of last season, the Diamondbacks had beat the Dodgers a good amount of times, and the talk was saying, oh, Dodgers don't want to face this team in the playoffs. What happens when you flash flash towards uh, October? They swept the Diamondbacks. Exactly. I mean, and I I was feeling uh, that series was going to be rough after that first loss, man. Um, Diamondbacks are a hot team this year, and we're just kind of hanging around, I guess you could say. Uh, our bats aren't working with guys on base. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say we're hanging around. That's what the Rockies are doing. The Rockies are the ones hanging around. Diamondbacks, 
yeah, they've kind of they've been the team hanging around us each year. Dodgers flex their muscles on them this weekend. Diamondbacks have a rough schedule coming up. Joe Davis just talked about it. They have to play the Astros. Uh, they have to play us again. The Rockies. I believe the Atlanta Braves were in first place. So they're playing every contender 20 straight games from here on out. Good, as they should. So they have the toughest schedule. I think I think the Dodgers will end up on top. That's not biased. That's just the team. They've been there five years straight winning the division. They should be the team that you look towards to knock down, and that's what the Rockies and Diamondbacks will have to do. they got to knock off the big dog. That's true, but the Dodgers got to do their part, man. Uh, tonight they scored 11 runs. Uh, I think that's the first time they have scored that high of a number. And I don't even know how long uh, they can't score with runners on base. It's either a so it's either a solo shot, or they just have to hit dingers. They can't get hits, which I I, I still don't understand. Yeah, it's been up and down all year because they will win a game eleven to two, eleven to four, whatever it is. The next night they'll drop a game four to two. I was there last night when they lost to the freaking Mets. Four to two, and now tonight they're beating the hell out of them. So they just got to get some consistency in there. Yeah, there's no consistency right now, and um, with 23 games left, uh, I hope it kind of turns around real quick because this is the time it needs to be turned around. Yeah, and they got the Rockies coming up this weekend. I don't know if Kenley Jansen's going to pitch in that one. Probably a good thing if he doesn't because it's in Colorado. You know what? We'll he's, see what... Uh, he's warming up right now, actually. So uh, I didn't think they were going to throw him in, but they might be throwing him in if uh, Fields doesn't get out of this. Yeah, you've got to win these games, especially against freaking the New York Mets, who are at the bottom of the damn division. Anyways, this is going to be a football podcast. College football officially back, and I just want to start with saying my main reason why I think college football is the king, and that's upsets. I'll break it down for you. In what other sport would you turn on a game because there's a so-called upset going on? The NFL, let's take week one. Cleveland goes into Pittsburgh. You could text me and say, you know what? Browns might beat the Steelers. And you know what? If there's a Rams game on, I'm like, eh, it's week one. It's the NFL. Hold on. The best First of the of best. All, I don't know about that, dude. The- the Cleveland Browns didn't win one game last year. You would definitely turn on that game. So that's a huge over upset. over over an Appalachian State Penn State like we had no, this weekend possibly. Said, no, you just said the Rams. Are you kidding me? Like I would easily if I told you the Cleveland Browns may beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, you would turn it on. Immediately, but it's but it's still it's still like not that great of an upset. You know the like Rams are going to beat the Raiders, but I'm saying that's not that big of an upset. It's the NFL any given Sunday. That's what do you the mean? All time saying that's a, that's an absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous comment right there because that's a huge upset. A it's not, I'm, I'm comparing it to college. I'm comparing it to Appalachian State, Penn State. That's not. It doesn't compare. It doesn't matter. That is still a huge upset. In college sports, upsets are king. In college football, especially, Appalachian State on Saturday nearly pulled State one off. 
has won one game in a season. These guys didn't win one game in one season. That's great. That's also pathetic. It's the NFL. You don't – that's – two teams have ever done that. 08 Detroit Lions and last year's Cleveland Browns. That's awful. I'm not going to tune in to see a Cleveland Browns team in week one possibly beat the Steelers. Okay, I'm so tuning guys, in. Yesterday, everyone, for, everyone, you heard it. Cody Stevenson isn't going to tune in when Cleveland is beating Pittsburgh in the fourth quarter. And yeah, we're not going gonna, to. We will, we will not remember that game. In 10 years, you can say, oh, what happened week one in 2018? Oh, the Browns beat the Steelers and went on to go seven and nine. Cool. That's great. But do we remember Appalachian State beating Michigan 11 years ago? Yes, it still gets talked about. Of course, I'm Sta- not, Stanford I'm not... beating Stanford beating SC as a forty-something point underdog. Of we course, remember I'm these games. Taking, I'm not taking that away from it. I'm just saying that is. Huge well, let upset. me get let me get back to my point. The upsets in college are hands down one of the reasons why we watch. Because in baseball, there's not upsets. In the NFL, you might get one every five years. In NHL, I don't even know what's an upset. In basketball, not really an upset because the Golden State Warriors sometimes don't give a shit during the regular season, and the Orlando Magic can beat them. Well, they also play a team like 10 times in one season. Yeah, and in college football, Appalachian State goes into Penn State like Saturday and takes them to overtime. Man, that was awesome. I totally thought they were going to win that. And for instance, Auburn-Washington, great football game going on. I get two ranked teams, and I'm turning the channel right away to Appalachian-Penn State. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. Watch the rest of that one. Definitely, man. I mean, uh, God, and to the date, 11 years ago, they beat Michigan. Like, what? I mean, God, there's nothing like there, – And Michigan, like Michigan right there, Michigan players from that game 11 years ago – we're probably praying for them to beat Penn State just so people could stop talking about Michigan. Easily. The game still is talked about. Easily, easily. And I thought Appalachian State at the end of the, the fourth quarter had a chance to beat them and couldn't get the first down, which uh, ended up probably losing the game for them because – Well, I didn't, I didn't watch the whole they game. They tried to kick a 54-yard tra- field goal. Trace McSorley, Penn State's quarterback, kind of a dark horse for the Heisman Trophy. I don't know how he played throughout the whole game, but that last drive with a minute left, Penn State needing to score down by a touchdown, and he kind of stepped up. Yeah, because one – no. That dude, really? Yep. No, they're not missing Saquon. I don't know. They didn't look that too hot, dude, in that game, man. I mean, Saquon, Saquon did return kicks and punts for them and took a few to the house last year. But I'm going to jump to you. What's your favorite thing about college sports, college football in general? To me, man, I, I think it's the rivalries, and I love – No, 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 dude. The Steelers-Ravens rivalry is way better. I'm tuning into that. All right, yeah. You sound like a douche. Uh, on, <laughs> on to what I was saying. Uh, rivalries, dude. I mean, SC, UCLA. I mean, Al- Alabama, Auburn. Like, you never know what's going to come out of those games. It could, Al- Alabama could be favored by fucking 21 points, and Auburn comes in and shocks them. 
I think it's rivalries, and I love how I love how they they don't change uniforms either. I can't stand how I mean Oregon changes a fucking uniform every goddamn day. Like SC sticks to the you know cardinal red and the gold like every game. Penn State the white helmets, the stripe down the middle. Like yeah, but what are you what awesome are you comparing that, that to? NFL doesn't change their uniforms. I'm not. I'm not. They do. They do have Thursday night uniforms. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Oh, really? Color rush. Exactly, but those teams you don't see change their uniforms at all. UCLA had a throw in the bag, but uh, I think it's more uh, college is like tradition, dude. And I I love to see because it's always brought up, you know. Oh, SC will play Texas. You know, actually they play Texas this year in two weeks, and it's going to come up every time. Vince Young in the Rose Bowl against SC. Like, it's just – it's tradition every time teams play each other in college, and it's awesome to see. Yeah, they pull stats out of their ass. Like, oh, these two teams have met 40 times since 1932, and this is their record. Uh, the uniforms, I don't, I don't really care. SC wears the same ones. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, Notre Dame, they've switched it up and they actually have some cool ones. I like when they wear the Kelly green ones, uh, rivalries though, Auburn, Alabama, that's one you're always going to tune into. You remember the kick six. I remember I had to take a dump and I was like, I got to hold off on this dump. And I watched that field goal attempt and Chris Davis. Dude, what was his name? His name was uh, Chris da- Trey Mason, right? No, Chris Davis, dude. Oh no, that was, uh, the Rose bowl. And two, yeah. Anyways, Chris Davis runs it back still to this day. That's talk that will be talked about for an eternity. And then Michigan, Ohio State, you have that one. Phenomenal. I'm trying to think of some other ones. Miami, Florida State well, used to be good, but it's not really cool anymore. Here's here's another one that's always like of what I love about college is two teams in one state playing each other. You know, like Colorado, Colorado State, or uh, you know, Texas, Texas A and M. Yeah, rival Texas yeah, ri- rivalries. Yeah, well, some of them aren't even. Some of them are not rivalries, so you cannot say that at all. Like what? Like West Virginia Marshall. That's a rivalry, dude. dude no, you just brought it up. You just said in-state. That's a huge in-state rivalry that you just brought up. Okay, in-state. I'm talking about, but like. You said in the same states. Notre Dame, SC. Yeah, those are cool because that's where the history and tradition is behind it. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. You just had to you, add in your own. Little, you just uh, jumped in and said, I like the ones that are in the state, Texas, Texas A&M. All right, on to the next topic. All right, well, we could talk about we could talk about this weekend's game. Personally, my favorite one, because I sat down and watched it all, almost at all, last five minutes. It was kind of going the other way. Uh, Auburn, Washington. I loved it because going into that game, this is another reason why college football is the best. Every single game means something. Both teams are ranked. We all know two SEC teams last year made the top four in the playoffs. And Washington really has to go into that game saying, if we don't win, our season might be screwed. Think about it. Auburn won that game, close game, 21-16. Jake Browning had a costly turnover at the end of it. 
They got in the red zone six times, ended up with three field goals, one touchdown. You're not going to win that way. And Jared Stidham really got it done at quarterback for Auburn, a team that usually runs the ball, couldn't run the ball. So Auburn wins it. And now Washington sits there and you kind of have to root for the rest of the Pac-12. Because as they're sitting right now, they were number six starting the year. And now you got to root for SC to really win out. And they play Stanford next week. It's up to Stanford, USC to be competitive throughout the whole year. Maybe run the table because that's who they're going to face in the Pac-12 championship. And how much does that weigh with these with this committee? Because Auburn, I don't, I don't technically, I don't think they have to run the table, per se. Like all, all they need is the team in front of them to lose. But to be honest, these whole pre-ranking things, like Washington, shouldn't have been sixth in the first place. I don't, I don't know who comes up with this stuff, but these whole like. I mean, you got Texas in the top 25 and just gets their asses stomped by Maryland. Like, I, I don't know who comes up with these, these pre-rankings of, oh, they got this guy, they got this guy. And a guy doesn't make a team. Like, I don't understand it. But, I kind of I agree with you there. They should make the rankings after the first week. Exactly, because because but, look at Washington. They pre-rankings were six, which they probably shouldn't have been six. And now – they're going to look at it at the end of the year and say, oh, this team started six in the country don't, and don't they lost. Don't get me wrong. Washington, I mean, they were playing an SEC school, like, and they played them pretty damn well. Yeah, the they have a great half. defense, great defense. Um, they definitely belong in the top ten. I, I think so. But, like, these, these schools in the Big Ten, like Michigan, like, why is Michigan even ranked? Because Jim Harbaugh. Because just because they're Michigan, like it, it's like it, it's kind of ridiculous. They they just got killed by Notre Dame, like, and, and they didn't look good at all. At all. It was at twenty. All. The final score was twenty four seventeen. But if you actually watched the game, I had money on it and went to a bar with my friends and was watching it, and it was like Notre Dame was pounding them. Shea Patterson, every time I looked up at the screen, Shea Patterson, the transfer quarterback from Ole Miss, was on the ground or complaining about a call. That's a, that's just another thing that's that's wrong with, you know, the BCS, man. It's, the BCS is gone. It's the college well, football NCAA, playoff. NCAA. They shouldn't have pre-rankings before the season even starts. There's no point of that. Like, And it kind of screws teams that do belong – in that top 25. Um, no, it really does. Like, sir, this is one of the best things you've ever brought up in any sports conversation we've had. Because think about it. Oh, last thanks, year. Nick. No, uh, no, that's a good one, though. It's literally up. Like, we could debate this. Not really debate it because I'm on your side. But think about last year, UCF. What if a team, everyone starts on the same level. No one's ranked. And you watch UCF the entire year just beat up on teams. Maybe they possibly someone watched them and said, I don't know, man. I really think since day one, they were probably the best team in the country. That's true. I know, I know they didn't also, play good teams, but yeah, that's the, that's the thing that that's what sucks every time too, is these teams that when we are talking about them and they are like, Oh my God, they should be ranked in top five, top three, you know? That year, they don't really play anybody. When when you say it's an underdog like US, UCF, like UCF 
usually doesn't belong anywhere in the top 50. But last season, they went undefeated, and they didn't play anybody, which kind of sucks because their schedule's already set. And the next year, they go and they schedule all these games against, you know, Auburn or Ohio State. And no, you well, that, that's that more than likely that, these teams get their ass kicked, and it just is like all you think about is that that team that played, like you think of that team that should have played okay, the Alabama now or the Ohio State now, and it kind of sucks in college with that because there's only a number of games to where they can play each other and. If it ends up that team's not on their schedule, then it's kind of just a question mark, right? No, these these teams set up who they're going to play like five years in advance, so that, they can't go. Well, that that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, UCF, they were unbelievable. I even if they did play Alabama or Ohio State, I think they easily easily could have beat one of those teams. But well, they beat Auburn, or was it? It was Auburn in the bowl game. In the bowl game, exactly, but. I mean, to play them during the regular season, it would be awesome to see. That's um, true. Now, I want to I want to jump to that. That's a good discussion we just had because honestly, I never even heard that even be brought up. The rankings are stupid to have them before the season. Now, let's jump to the Alabama game. They were playing Louisville. This and everyone in America should have known to bet this. I didn't bet it. I'm an idiot. It was Alabama was favored by 25 points. Because Nick Saban could not decide between Jalen Hurts or Tua Tungavailoa to be their quarterback. So they go in with two quarterbacks, and I'm usually against this. Teams have tried it in the past. I always remember Florida doing it for some reason. But looking at that Alabama situation, I think they could go with two quarterbacks the entire season. They won 51 to 14. Each quarterback make, had a good game. They, they just make things work, man. I don't even know what to say. I'm kind of sick of seeing them on top. This is what the third straight year uh, they've been pre-ranked number one. Um, yeah, but you can't you can't disagree with it. I I can't at all. I hate them, but I I can't, dude. They got the talent, man. They they just uh, they go out there and they kill people. Like I I think who, no matter who they put in, it's gonna work. Other than well, this is this is the first time. Georgia this is the first time they've national championship. That Georgia is going to be their competition this year. That's going to be crazy. What actually happens out of the SEC with if Auburn's good, Bama, we know them, and Georgia looks like they just reloaded. But Alabama actually this year might have a better offense than their defense, which we never see because Alabama. Let's go through their quarterbacks: McCarron, McElroy. Uh, Name another white dude with a shitty haircut, John Parker Wilson. <laughs> and now they have Jalen Hurts and Tua Tungabailoa are so freaking talented. It's it's going to be unreal to watch them this year. And best name in college sports, I don't care what anyone says, it's their wide receiver, Jerry Judy. You can't get a better name, and I love saying it as many times as I can. I mean, uh, their offense is unreal. Like, uh, did you see that one play that – uh, Tua almost got sacked, and he basically threw it like sidearm in the corner of the end zone. Yeah, that was Jerry Judy's touchdown. God, that was insane. Like, 
just, I mean, they just got so many athletes on that team. Like, their second-string dude should be starting anywhere else in the country. There's no doubt about it. Nick Saban, of course, gets crap after the game because Maria Taylor asked them. She literally asked a question that was completely fair. Didn't even ask him to choose between which quarterback. She said, what answers do you have after tonight's game with your two quarterbacks? And he freaked out and said, stop asking. It was funny because his <laughs> voice it was funny because his voice cracked. So those three games were probably the best. You had SC, very slow start. They didn't score oh, a touchdown until God. two minutes left. It was Phil Gold City out there. They're starting the true freshman for modern day, JT Daniels. I think he's fascinating to watch. The guy has an absolute cannon, and he can throw it all over the football field. And that wide receiver, St. Brown, SC might have another great receiver in the ranks. Like, he might be up there with the Robert Woods and Marquise Lee of the world. Definitely. That dude is going to be a monster. But uh, uh, JT Daniels, um, I definitely saw some of uh, the freshmen, I guess, like, you know, what do you call them? Uh, Jitters. Mistakes, mistakes he made. He made a lot of mistakes in that first half. Um, luckily, he didn't turn. He didn't turn it over, though, did he? he no, sh- no, he should have several times. Um, but the receivers he had, he should have had several touchdowns in the first half as well. He overthrew open open uh, receivers going for the long balls. But you know that I mean the dude's only seventeen, eighteen years old. Like the guy left and the- high school early to come to SC. Like it's kind of. The dude is going to be a stud at SC by far. And there's you say you say the yeah freshman mistakes overthrowing guys that's probably adrenaline. But his mannerisms out there, it looked like nothing was phasing him. I know it's UNLV, and I know next week's the real test when USC plays number thirteen Stanford. It's probably the game of the week. That will be the true test, and that's really if SC's defense that is going to be the SC's problem. I think their defensive backs are going to be their Achilles heel. I mean, they let UNLV just kind of just stomp all over them in the first half. Like, Yeah, I mean, in college football. Not away from UNLV because, I mean, they made some legit plays. Their quarterback wasn't too bad. But SC, like you being USC, like that is unacceptable. Here's, here's, here's another reason why college football is great. In the NFL, you will never see a fake reverse work. And UNLV had a guy named Lexington Thomas run a fake reverse <laughs> against SC and take it like 70 yards for a touchdown. And I didn't even know this was a stat. Breakaway percentage. He's like number three in the entire nation in breakaway percentage, whatever that means. Wow, that's kind of, but that's kind of ridiculous, actually. Sticking with the Pac-12, Chip Kelly's debut and Kevin oh Sumlin couldn't – Kevin Sumlin in Arizona – those debuts couldn't have gone worse. And I'm going to say Kevin Sumlin's was probably worse than Chip Kelly's because Kevin Sumlin has a quarterback in Khalil Tate who last year was kind of in the Heisman conversation. People who stayed up late enough that watched him knew this kid's one of the most talented, and he didn't even start the year as quarterback last year. It took him a month to get the job. And now Sumlin comes in. We all know what he did with Johnny Manziel. Manziel won a Heisman under him. And first game, Khalil Tate has 14 yards rushing. This is a dual-threat quarterback, probably the best dual-threat quarterback in college football. And he throws for less than 200 yards. They lose to BYU. 
You know what? I'm I'm gonna disagree with you on that. Um, BYU is actually usually always a good hard nosed football team, and UCLA lost to Cincinnati. Cincinnati at home. Cincinnati. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's Cincinnati, but I was going Sumlin because Sumlin had a guy like Khalil Tate that can win you football games. Just let him be himself. He took away every kind of weapon that Khalil Tate uses to be the threat that he is. Chip Kelly came in with a transfer quarterback in spate, and if you ever watched him at Michigan, you knew he wasn't very good. And the way Chip Kelly runs his offense, you're going, how is Spate going to run that thing? They put in the uh, freshman from Bishop Gorman, and it looked like UCLA's offensive line was terrible. That's what I saw when I was watching. You know, that guy should have just never left Oregon. Kind of fucked his whole career over. <laughs> it really did. Those Oregon days, we, me and Devin actually recently were talking about how unfair that Oregon team was to oh use in God. NCAA football. They were Think about it. They had they – had, uh, damn it, what was his freaking name? I don't mind. Oh, LaMichael. LaMichael J- LaMike James. And they had DeAnthony Thomas. James? LaMichael James and DeAnthony Thomas were cheat codes in NCAA football. Oh, the Black Mamba from Crenshaw High School? Yeah, he was unreal. You, if you didn't return a kickoff with DeAnthony Thomas in NCAA football, you should never play video games ever again. I think you're correct on that because that team was unreal. But but staying with Chip Kelly, you can't count him out after one game. You can't. But it's, I, it's one it, game. it is week one. Uh, Not to mention, they, they always say this about college coaches because Tom Herman, you mentioned it earlier, Texas got their asses kicked by Maryland. Tom Herman's only in his second year. They always say this about college coaches. You got to wait till year four because that's when they've had their recruits for four years and those dudes are seniors. So you can't really get on any of these guys. No, that's, I mean, that's true. But his first game just looked absolutely horrible. You lost to Cincinnati at home. That's like losing Appalachia State at home. That is very bad. And there weren't a lot of fans in that UCLA crowd. At, at all. At all. I mean, it is Southern California. What, what else? The, the whole Southern California is USC. That's true. Yeah, I'll, I'll admit that. So you're going Chip Kelly, worst, worst debut than Kevin Sumlin. I'm trying to think of any other games I watch. Oh, lock of the week. Listen, there's things you see. We use a, there's a website called Bovada, and you'll see lines out there that you're like, are you kidding me? And the one I saw this week was Washington State going into Wyoming, and the over-under at 46. Do they know who's coaching Washington State? Mike Leach, and your over-under is 46? Give me. That's a gimme. Yeah, to Wyoming, first of all. I actually got scared because I didn't cover until the fourth quarter, and then I looked at the score later on that day, and Washington State put up a 41 spot. So I was correct. The problem that is – That was the lock of the day. The problem also is with lock in week one is you don't know how that team's going to be the next year other than Alabama, which is a definite lock. That's true. We could talk about West Virginia, Tennessee. Uh, people kind of hyped up that game. It was on CBS. Tennessee, new coach. West Virginia, Will Greer. People are calling him the best quarterback in the country. He did throw for five touchdowns. They're going to be exciting to watch. But going into Tennessee and winning at this point, 
That's not a big deal. Dude, I don't know when it'll be a big deal. Did you see them? I've never seen this, but did you see the whole stadium sing uh, John Denver uh, Country Roads? Yeah, it was unbelievable. Oh, yeah, that was a neutral site field. That game was actually played in uh, Charlotte, so they didn't go into Tennessee. But that was awesome. That was awesome. I thought that was insane. Another thing, college football right there. You're not getting that at an NFL stadium. No, you're not. Some cool, some cool things about college football that I'll say. I watched Western Kentucky versus Wisconsin on Friday night. Uh, Wisconsin's a top ten team. The West Western Kentucky quarterback did not start a high school, did not start a game at quarterback since 2013, his senior year of high school. That's and insane. started that night. That is insane. Another one, Florida and by Atlantic. The way, got, by the way, since you bring that up. Wisconsin doesn't look like they belong even in the top 25. You're just mad because you didn't cover the over. No, I just think that line kind of looked – everyone's hyping up their line. That line did not look that good. No, Wisconsin will be there. They're another team that, like Washington, needs a lot of help. They needed Michigan to go in Notre Dame and show out in that one. Didn't happen. They're going to need teams in the Big Ten to win because how much weight will that – title be in the end and i think it will because ohio state looked freaking phenomenal talk about a team that put up points 77 points against i know it's against oregon state but still urban meyer leaves suspended for three games do you really need them i think you do but 77 points is incredible well i mean they played oregon's true but then but still you i mean offenses like that like oklahoma Taking on Lane Kiffin's Florida Atlantic. Oh, that was that was amazing to watch because Lane uh, during the week talking about you know how they're going to get killed at like and everyone thinking everyone's thinking it's going to be like hyping his teams up, his team up and he got at he got what he asked for. Yeah, I think they put up sixty six points. I think Lincoln Riley right now might be one of the hottest coaches out there as far as NFL teams looking at him as a coordinator or something. Cause that dude can do it. He loses his Heisman Baker Mayfield. Kyler Murray's an athlete. We know that. And he does that. And they got Anderson at running back. That, that dude, uh, Anderson is just unreal. monster monster running back. And we could talk about this last team, right? Let's you could, you could talk about your Hawaii. I'll, I'll give you the floor. Oh, Hawaii. It's so good to see them actually put up points. Like, it kind of reminds me of the Cole Brennan days. Um, if you guys haven't seen uh, the first game, they, I think it was before week one, they played on Saturday uh, against Colorado State at Colorado State. Put up 41. And they put up 41 points. Uh and then they go in. I know it is Colorado State, but it's that's pretty good for Hawaii. And then they go back home, and they play a, a tough team, usually like Navy, and just annihilate. And as 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 fourteen point dogs, and just annihilate Navy. They put up I want to say fifty nine, but they put up like twenty eight points in the first quarter. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, you texted me saying 
dude, this quarterback for Hawaii is a stud. So I flipped it on at, at my buddy's house. And that's one of the great things about Hawaii. They play super late at night. And they haven't been great the last couple of years, not even entertaining to watch. But this is Colt Brennan, June Jones era Hawaii. This Cole McDonald kid, first of all, white kid with blonde dreads, I'm in. That's Colt Brennan 2.0 right there. Colt Brennan at one point had dreads. He had the Hawaiian Islands uh, bleached onto his hair. I, I loved that dude. And now Cole McDonald's throwing do- – like they're launching it all over the field. They're throwing deep balls left and right. That's one reason – So, like what's good about watching Hawaii is to watch a spread offense, and it played very well. And this dude is – this dude's uh, slinging the ball, man, and it's awesome to watch. Like, I, I think uh, they play Rice on Saturday um, at home. Take, so... take the over. Oh, easily. Easily. And I actually took I, – I did a little mini deep dive on Wikipedia to see who their coach was. It's Nick Rolovich, who played at Hawaii, took over for Timmy Chang, holds the record – with eight touchdowns and 570-something yards against BYU in 2001. In 2008, he became the quarterback coach. 2010, he got upgraded to offensive coordinator. In 2012, Norm Chow came in, didn't keep him on the staff, so he went to Nevada. And in 2015, guess who took over for Norm Chow? This guy. That guy. Phenomenal story. Wow. That's freaking awesome. Takes over for Timmy Chang, actually is quarterback there, and then takes over for the guy that didn't leave him on his staff. That's pretty legit. Awesome. So that's our that's the breakdown of college football. It's only going to get better. That was week they, one. Uh, by the way, they also they play at 9 o'clock at night West Coast time on Saturday. It's, it, it's literally awesome. There's nothing better. That's, that's pregame time right there. The beers are flowing better than ever, and you flip on ESPN, and Hawaii's sitting there for you, and you better have some action on the game. Awesome. So the NFL, Thursday it starts, Eagles-Falcons, and then on Sunday you got your slate, and then I love it. Monday night, the two Monday night games, I love it every year. It's awesome. They should think about doing that more. Yeah, uh... The one Monday night game I'm I'm I can't wait to see because uh, I can't stand the Raiders and uh, the L.A. Rams are just gonna annihilate them, especially after losing their best defensive player on the team. Yeah, they just traded Khalil Mack to the Chicago Bears. So they didn't want to pay him. The Bears paid up, and talk about a debut that might not go well. It's setting up that John Gruden's debut is not going to go well on Monday night. Not, not at all. He's going to end up like a Chip Kelly. And, uh, I, I mean, they signed him to a 10-year contract, and it's not looking good so far. If you look on Twitter after that trade went down on Sunday, Raider fans were livid that they had a generational talent in Khalil Mack, and they didn't want to pay him. I believe it was an ego thing. John Gruden came in and said, who the hell doesn't want to play for me? This guy's holding out on me. Get him out of here. Yeah, I, I know there were, there's got to be some more stuff than obviously us the media, and the media know about. Um, but, I mean, it is what it is. And 
Oh, I can't wait to see that ass whooping. It's going to be great. And then Sunday night, you got your Packers taking on the Bears with – Go Pack Go, baby. With, go with Khalil Mack and that defense. It's going to be great, man. Oh, I can't wait for uh, Sunday. So what's, what's your biggest storyline? What's the biggest storyline going to be after week one in the NFL? Um, I think the biggest storyline is going to be probably about Andrew Luck coming back in week one. Ooh, that's interesting. And throw in two touchdowns, I think. So you think he's going to come back? I'm skeptical. I, I think he, uh, from the reports I'm reading, uh, he practiced on Monday. And I guess, I guess it was his foot that was bugging him, his his shoulder apparently is not. There's no setbacks or anything. Uh, so I think the biggest story you're going to see is Andrew Luck beating the Cincinnati Bagels. And Marvin Lewis. I personally think, I think the Monday night game opposite of Rams Raiders is the early one, Lions-Jets. And the Jets just named Sam Darnold their starting quarterback, youngest starting quarterback since 1971. I believe he's 21 years old. That's going to be the talk. And also, I think the game of the week, Texans-Patriots. Those teams are going to be in the hunt all year. You got a healthy Deshaun Watson coming off his knee surgery. And, of course, you got Tom Brady, Gronkowski. Same old story for the Patriots. I got a question on that. How how do you feel about that game? Who do you think you think that could – they, that Houston's got a chance, maybe? 100%. Last year when they went in, Deshaun Watson, I believe, threw four touchdowns, and it was maybe the most exciting game last year. I think is that, that – Is that in Foxborough? Uh, checking, efforting. It is in Foxborough, Gillette Stadium. Yep. And that's where they went last year, though. He went into Gillette and held his own against the Patriots. I think it was a last-second touchdown to Brandon Cooks in the corner of the end zone. Do you remember that? I don't. I, I hope – I hope – I'm hoping the Texans finally come around, man. They got so many studs on that team, and I just would love to see them beat Belichick and uh, Brady. They're going to be there. I still am shocked that Deshaun Watson fell to where he fell in the draft. Goes to two straight national championships against Bama – and in the second one, beats Bama after taking a shellacking in the first half. Some of the hardest and, hits I've seen. And the career the guy was having, the rookie his his rookie season. Yeah, it, it was unreal until uh, a tragic uh, knee injury. But yeah, we should see. The NFL is going to be awesome this year. I'm not doing my picks until after week one. That's just how I'm doing it. I've been telling people when they ask me, I've been saying Vikings. I don't know why. I literally couldn't tell you why. I think Cousins is you more than what Case Keenum gave you, and Case Keenum gave you a lot. This Cashy's, Cashy's crying. Dill, thanks for coming on. You're coming on next week. Give Cashy a kiss for me. Stand by. Later. And there you have it, Cash Thomas Stevenson hijacking the podcast. I think he has a cry for radio. Anyways, thank you for listening to the 10 After 7 podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at 10 After 7 or on Instagram at 10 underscore after underscore 7. 
I'll be back on next week to talk about some NFL college football and see where the Dodgers are at in the standings. Woo! Go Dodgers! Thank you.